As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 1. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. 2. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. They're not even, but the Astros got a game back. So we got to talk about game three of the ALCS. The road team has won each of the first three games. And then we're going to do a preview of game four of the ALCS and preview game three of the NLCS as that series shifts from Philly to Phoenix. Jack, Peter, just baseball show for Thursday, October 19th. It's a white wine type of night for me. But Peter, we are brought to you by... Brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JUSTBASEBALL. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older and terms and conditions apply. I don't have Vino with me. That's fine. But we're rocking with a press juice. Not a sponsor, but would love a sponsor. I'm obsessed with these. Apple Lemon Ginger Beet. I like one before I go to bed. It makes me feel good. Does it? I know a lot of people like it in the morning, like a late morning type thing. I do the same thing. So you're good. Like there, There's sugars in those juices. So you're good just like sugars and then right to bed? Yeah. I mean, there's way more sugar than I'd like to admit, but it's yeah. all natural sugar, you know? It's like eating an apple or like four of them before bed. Apple yeah, juice, sure. lemon juice, ginger juice, beet juice. For sure. You know, if that's yeah. if that's hurting me, and I- I'm ready to roll. We're 100%. Recording. We're always yeah. recording in the middle of the night. I need a little sugar rush. It's 11.21 p.m. I timed up my nap and my Celsius accordingly so I could take appropriate notes during this game. And it was an excellent ball game. And Houston does get a game back. 
the bats showed up and Max Scherzer looked incredibly vulnerable. We can get into that, but my first note did have to do with that. I think it was more so about Martin Maldonado because the first couple innings went, you know, just fine. Like they, we cruised through, but then a while really, pitch. It was really just, he got through the first inning. He got through the first inning. <laughs> yeah. The wild pitch to play to run and two pitches later, a two run single for Martin Maldonado. That kind of indicated that something was up with Scherzer because he's supposed to make minced meat of the worst postseason hitter of all time. If you take his minimum plate appearances. Yeah. They were talking about it on the broadcast. You saw a little bit of the rust come up when he hits Jordan Alvarez in the back of the foot on an O2. What was that? A cutter or a slider. It was something that got into Jordan. And I think baseball fans knowing that this was a Max Scherzer who was recovering from a arm injury where his timetable was four to six weeks. This is week five, and he's on the mound in game three. That's where it started to get away from him. But if you're talking about the pass ball for a second, like that was on Jonah Heim. Oh, I disagree. Of course that was on Jonah Heim. That was right in front of him. And Jonah Heim is such a stud. We got to hold him to a higher standard. He is one of the best defensive catchers in Major League Baseball. disagree. If if you ask Jonah Heim, I bet if you ask Jonah Heim, he says he has to keep that ball in front of him. That's why he was so frustrated when they showed the replay and he slams the ball on the ground. He knows he has to get that. And then Scherzer feels the need to come back with a fastball because he's a little bit flustered. And Martin Maldonado, the veteran presence of Martin Maldonado, Yiner Diaz truthers are in piss. But, I mean, obviously Yiner Diaz is really good. But how about Martin Maldonado coming through, opening up the floodgates? But we also got to give credit to the Rangers. They're just too hot to go away. Like, it's not like Diamondbacks, Phillies. Phillies get that lead early, then the game's kind of over. It's just never fucking over with these Rangers. No, and credit Josh Young for that. And we're going to get to Josh Young in a moment. I also have an apology to issue when we do preview game four, because I've been victim of doing something that I don't really like that I've been doing. And I'll address that. But you have a confused look on your face. You'll find out in about 15 minutes. Is that cool? Absolutely. I don't know what it is. And a lot of fans got mad at us yesterday uh, because Aram, remember, we are recording this in the wee hours of the night. And he accidentally said Great American Ballpark instead of Citizens Bank Park. Okay. He obviously knows what that is. We're recording late in the night. And it's also on me because I didn't even notice it, right? Our brains are working at different speeds than when we normally record. So give us a break. We're trying our best and we love you. And we just no. want to talk baseball. No, bro. No excuses. Jose no Altuve has 25 postseason homers, which is four shy of Manny Ramirez's all time record. Now, That number is a little bit skewed because there are more postseason games now than there ever have been before. We never had a wild card series before. I remember not too long ago, pre like 2012, where there was one wild card team and they played the best division winner in the DS and there was no wild card game. And then a wild card game turned into a wild card series. Mickey Mantle had 18 postseason home runs, which was a longstanding record, but he did it in about 230 plate appearances. Manny Ramirez has 29 postseason home runs in, I think, 411 plate appearances. So he has nearly double the number of plate appearances that Mantle had. So, A, yeah, Mickey Mantle, greatness, whatever you want to say, but B, these guys have a lot of opportunities to do it. C, 
regardless of how many plate appearances you get in the postseason, what Jose Altuve has done in the postseason is magical. And he singled on a pitch that was ankle high, and he hit the homer on a pitch that was shoulder high and away. He's ridiculous. Yeah, you saw everything click for him, right? Every single ball that was off his bat was hit hard. He almost hit a home run in his first at bat, and that ball just kept going and going and going. The backspin on that ball off of the bat of a five foot six muscle hamster. <laughs> Shout out Jose Altuve. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I posted that on Twitter and I got a little bit of pushback. And most of the pushback was not about his actual play. It was about the scandal back in 2017. I think as baseball fans, we got to get over it by now. And I have a question for you because I made this comparison and I'm interested to see what our viewers think. There's a lot of love for Barry Bonds. A lot of love. A lot of forgiveness for Barry Bonds, especially from young people who weren't around during the steroid era or, you know, just don't really care about that because they saw his stats. Yeah. They saw his stats before. Then they're like, he would have been a Hall of Famer anyway. He's the greatest player of all time. And I'm not going to argue against that. What I will say is, if you're very forgiving of Barry Bonds, because of the outstanding record that he has outside of steroids, it's kind of time to also then forgive the Astros seven straight ALCSs. It's that it, was a take I had. I just so, want you to sit with it. Just sit with it for a second. Okay, give me a moment. Okay. Give me and like all a, of our listeners. Just sit seconds. with it. It okay. may have it may have made you very angry. Just sit with it for a second and think about it. Three seconds of silence. Okay. Okay, I sat with it, and here's my rebuttal. He's nowhere near as tainted as Barry Bonds. <laughs> like, I... That's what I'm saying, but people are very quick to say the scandal, and they're talking about Hall of Fame voters are not going to give it That's... to him. And no. I understand Barry Bonds no. is not a Hall of Famer. But at the same time, though, those people that are freaking out on social media, and it was a big deal on social media, you think 88-year-old Hall of Fame voter even knows what Twitter is? He never X. even got the message that it was changed to X. It's He's X not now. freaking out about Twitter or X or whatever the hell. He's going to vote on a guy who is going to have the most home runs in postseason history, is a consistent perennial all-star, and is one of the best second basemen of all time. Jose Altuve is a first ballot Hall of Famer, people. So I agree with you. I also don't think that we can clump him and Bonds into the conversation when it comes to tainted resumes. I think they're entirely different. I think Bonds is exponentially more tainted. Anybody that has failed a drug test is a tainted resume when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. I you don't didn't sit think... with it long enough. You didn't sit with it long enough. That's Dude. not my take. I'm not saying they're the same level of tainted. No, but I'm you saying used... that the people who are very quick to forgive a guy who's way more tainted, if you're a person not forgiving Altuve, is not the right move. It's not a good look. Okay, fair. So what I will say to that to conclude this conversation is. If you are a person that firmly holds that take that he's a despised player and you don't think that he belongs as a first ballot Hall of Famer, come to me because I want to meet you and tell you that you're a moron. <laughs> Is that fair? I think that's fair. Um, okay. I love every listener. Yeah. I love every listener. But it's a bad take if you don't it's think that he, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm going to downgrade to say that that take is moronic. 
that take is moronic. I won't attack the person. I will attack the person's opinion. Fair. Fair. Note what pitch Josh Young took deep against Christian Javier. And this is the only negative that I will say about Javier. Because this guy has postseason wizardry mastered. He's an amazing postseason pitcher. He was in the the term that I wrote down on one note is on a flick the glove forward type of night, that cement mixer has to feel like a bad decision. And what I mean by flick the glove forward type of night is if you're with us on YouTube, you just say fastballs coming. You flick the glove up towards the catcher and say, this is what I'm throwing. It's a fastball. It's when you're warming up or when you're in the bullpen. And that's what he was doing. He got seven whiffs on the heater. He threw it 65% of the time. The Texas Rangers were not touching Christian Javier's fastball. The only blemish on him was on a hanging slider that was middle-middle that Josh Young took deep. I know you have to mix in the secondary, but that's probably one of those shoulda, coulda, woulda, I, I wish I threw the heater and I didn't type pitches. Totally agree with you. With that said, though, it's not that bad of a pitch. I mean, it was kind of middle-middle, and he probably shouldn't have thrown it but we got to credit Josh Young on that. But you're so right about Christian Javier. So now he has accumulated in terms of starts, right? Because he came into this game with a one nine one ERA and 37 and two thirds. But in terms of four starts now, dominated the Yankees. No runs, one hit. Combined no hitter against the Phillies. Against the Twins, five innings, one hit. Then in this game... He allowed the two earned runs on that home run. But overall, we're looking at 21 innings of two earned runs in the playoffs for Christian Javier. As a starter. As a starter. And I posted on Twitter the two best postseason pitchers right now are Zach Wheeler of the Phillies and Christian Javier of the Astros. This guy, and Dusty Baker was made a great point, this guy's got one heartbeat. It's just steady. And um, one of my best friends, Dustin, my fucking boy, such <laughs> a casual, such a casual. He's talking about like Christian Javier doesn't excite him. How does 65% fastball usage against the freaking Texas Rangers when he's 94 miles an hour? 94 miles an hour. How does that not fire you up? That's how good the fastball is. So what? It's not 100 miles an hour. It's clearly an invisible with 20 inches of induced vertical break just flying over the bats of these Rangers who are arguably the hottest team on the planet, maybe outside the Phillies, but all these teams are fucking awesome. So I can agree with Dustin to a certain extent. I don't necessarily know that he is fine. Yeah, (laughs) I've known that I've been casual for a long time, but I can agree with Dustin to a certain extent. He's not exciting. He's not electrifying when he's on the hill. What I will say is he is spellbinding and he is baffling. Those are the two words that I would use. And I think baffling is probably the one that I would use because he seems like the kind of guy that sends an entire lineup back to the dugout and they know what's coming. They know a heater's coming. They practice with the foam balls. You heard Ken Rosenthal talking about, or I think it was Verducci talking about that. They put lighter weight balls into their pitching machine to mimic high spin, high IVB fastballs that don't drop as much a la Javier. Great idea. 
Yeah, it's it's a great idea. I know a lot of guys practice with that. I talked to Gunnar Henderson, actually, Taylor Davis, and I talked about it on Show and Go with Gunnar Henderson about how he loads up those lighter foam balls to practice on high spin fastballs because that's what the best four seamers in baseball look like. So they did that in anticipation for Christian Javier for the last two days, and it still didn't work. So that's what's baffling to me is you prep all you want, and then you see it in a game and it's 93-94 and you go back to the dugout just screaming the F-bomb. Like, why can't I hit this? That's when the crazy. I saw, and it's so funny. The Rangers offense is so good. But when I saw Evan Carter strike out the 21-year-old hitting third, I was like, yeah, this thing's fucking working right now. And it's so crazy. That sentence, Evan Carter, the 21-year-old hitting third when he was the one to strike out, that's when you know it was on. I mean, that first inning, like Scherzer, I know he looked rusty in the second. That first inning, he looked awesome. And I know Altuve almost got one off him. Yeah. But it we were all, I think, sitting there being like, oh, wait, maybe the rust isn't there. And then Javier comes out the next inning, and it's like, all right, he's back. I mean, he's going to shove. And I just can't get over it. 65% fastball usage to this Rangers team. Yeah. And Leo Morgenstern wrote a great article on JustBaseball.com. We talked about it on yesterday's show when we were previewing the game, that the Rangers, by far the best team against sliders in Major League Baseball. And that sentence does not do the article justice. you got to go check it on Just Baseball. It's a great, great article. And what does Javier do? He's like, all right. He abandons it pretty much. Yeah, flick the glove. Let's see you do it. And they couldn't hit a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. That's why I think he's electric. And he mixed in a changeup enough. I think he threw so seven good. changeups. That was so good. Yeah, got three swings. All three were whiffs. So, like, he was on. I did have an Evan Carter note in here, and Carter didn't have a game to write home about at all. Um, I was reading an article written by Jim Callis at MLB.com during the game, and a couple things jumped out. Evan Carter. So, <sighs> It was pretty well documented, actually, that not many people knew who Evan Carter was when he went 50th to the Rangers in 2020. Like, it was a short COVID season. He was committed to Duke. Everybody thought he was going. Like, a couple area scouts didn't know who Evan Carter was. Elizabethton, Tennessee. But the, the thing that I loved with it was Evan Carter was the valedictorian at his high school. He would spend his summers, instead of going to, like, whichever perfect game or Super 60 showcase you want to go to, he would spend it shadowing dentists and taking college courses because he wanted to be an endodontist. This cat wanted to do root canals. That was his goal in high school. It wasn't hit third for the Rangers in the ALCS in three years. It was, I want to do root canals. That's hilarious, but that's baseball, man. Christian Javier didn't start pitching until he was, what, 14 years old, 16 years old? Um, Brian Abreu was a basketball player, didn't start playing baseball until he was 14. Fox is uncovering these gems. Shout out to Jim Callis for that great feature on MLB.com. But man, like this is a fun series when it comes to the backstories. And it's just a fun ass series on the field. I mean, yeah. this is a lot of this, a lot of the talk on social media is that these playoffs haven't been entirely entertaining just because there's I, been a lot of blowouts. No, I, of course I disagree. No. I mean, I don't give a fuck what these dumbasses are saying on social media but what i am saying that's is, a little mean <laughs> no you know what if you aren't enjoying every single out like i don't give a shit what it is the energy these teams going head to head like i am having such a blast watching every single game no matter what um and if you're not having fun like i, I don't know what to tell you i don't know how to convince those people but what i am saying is that 
this series especially like thankfully the Astros won this game and most likely and we're going to preview that in game four I think it's going to be Dunning versus Urquidy I think that's going to how it's going to be lined up and we're going to get probably another shootout and I still think the Astros win game four this series needs to go seven we deserve seven in the Lone Star series so I will counter the boring postseason with this I, I was going through the research portal, like trying to figure out if I had the numbers exactly right. And I was texting stream of consciousness. There have been 27 games in the postseason so far. There have been nine multi-homer games in the postseason. Out of 27 games, a third of them have featured a multi-homer day from a player. Jordan's had two. Castellanos has had two. Harper, Schwarber. Jose Abreu, Royce Lewis have all had one, and Josh Young had one tonight. And credit to Josh Young, man. This guy willed the Texas Rangers back into this game. He did not let them go quiet into this good night in game four, or in game three. Dude's built like a brick shit house. He's so huge. strong. And the one we, batting glove look is pretty awesome. The way he, he can go oppo like that, I mean, he's 25 years old, right? He's the same age as me. I haven't posted on my Twitter again. I was like, Josh Young and I are the same age. Damn it. He's so much cooler. Yes. He's just hitting tanks, man. So and how about this? Such a good player. Don't go stealing any information, but Josh Young and I share an exact same birthday. Wow. Exact same. How do you feel about that? It was, I felt good about it at the beginning of this year because he still had prospect status. Like he was still a top 100 prospect. But now that he's graduated, I kind of feel like shit. Thanks for asking. No, he, he he is he's a joy to watch. And the fact that he hits eighth, but also, I mean, shout out again. Like, I feel like we're talking a lot, a lot about a lot of Rangers here. We got to give credit to the Astros. I mean, they are Thanos. They are inevitable and they're just gathering infinity stones right now. Except Brian Abreu, who stinks now. Human. He's a human being. I'm not going to call him an alien anymore. He's apparently human. <laughs> he allowed a run for the first time in 33 appearances. <laughs> Washed. It's unfortunate. Ryan Presley is the best but, postseason reliever we've had in quite some time. I know we keep going back and forth between these guys. It's like, oh, Brian Abreu, you let up a run in your last 33 innings. Presley, I mean, when's the last time he gave up a run? It's just over when you get to this point with the Astros. It's over. And then Naris is bouncing back. Remember, Naris didn't look good against the Twins ever since then. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Crazy. This bullpen is so good. And if they can get to those three horses, obviously, like Stanek, I feel decent about. But if you got to turn to a JP France, you're probably not in the best spot if you're Houston. You're probably not winning if you're going. No, you're not winning. And, And that was pretty clear in game two when they did turn to France. But every team has a bullpen trio, I feel like, that they feel comfortable with in the postseason. And the Phillies are lucky because they have five, I think. It's Dominguez, Alvarado, Kimbrell, Strom, and Kirkring. Shit, maybe Hoffman, too. Maybe six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I, I was just hoping you'd mention Kirkring. I thought Hoffman would be your fifth. And I'm like, yeah, they have all those dudes, stallions back there. So they've got six. But the remaining teams, Arizona, I, I don't know. You just haven't really seen it yet because you don't need to see it. South um, Frank. Yeah, Sal Franks looks good in, in situations. Ginkle looks good, good in situations. 
No, Ginkle, Ginkle and Seawald are studs. It's yeah, just Seawald's great on the back end. Just drops off a little bit, but Saul Frank can get outs. But um, think about these two teams here. If the Astros can turn to Neris, Abreu, Presley in order, you feel really good about the score staying where it is. Yeah. If the Rangers can turn to Spores, Chapman, Leclerc, they feel decent about the score staying where it is. I, the I, one I feel good. I feel good about them, except Chapman. Except Chapman. Seriously. That's the thing. Yeah. Like Chapman downgrades me from really good to eh, I feel solid about it. The thing is, though, like I, I and I know Kimbrel's been good, but I still feel like there's an inning in there that's going to happen. Like he's he raises your blood pressure and the credit Chapman. You feel the same way with Dominguez? Yeah, yes. I could, yeah, I could see that. But if yeah, if we're talking about lockdown guys, Kimbrel and Dominguez aren't. Neris, I would say I'd rather have Neris. Yeah, there's not a trio better than Houston remaining in that category. But Philly is deeper. Philly's deeper. Philly's way deeper. Honestly, um, I feel better about Kirkering than like most of the people. Left. I feel better about Kirkering. I think Kirkering is going to close games next year. Oh yeah, he's he's a rocket ship. He's ridiculous. I have um, one point. I have one point about the uh, Astros. And obviously it didn't matter. They put up eight and Mauricio Dubon had an incredible game. So just credit to Dusty Baker for making that change. But I was surprised Chaz McCormick didn't play. He's hitting 316 in the playoffs. Now he is 0 for 4 with yeah. two strikeouts against Scherzer. And it was so funny, Altuve, when uh, he hit that home run off Scherzer. Uh, when they went to him quickly in the dugout, he was like, I haven't gotten a hit off Scherzer in a long time. And he was right. Four for 26 in his career against Scherzer with six strikeouts, and all four of his hits were singles. So that home run probably felt really good. But I was a little bit surprised that McCormick didn't play, but that's why Dusty Baker is managing the Astros and I'm sitting my fat ass at home because what a move. I mean, Dubon had a great game. Dubon had a great game. Dubon, a Disney adult, might I add. He and his wife go to Disney consistently. Backstories. Um, Backstory Jack. Yeah, but like that's not a good backstory. I'm I'm kind of anti Disney adult, unfortunately, and I'm pro watching adult. Dubon play baseball. I love watching Mauricio Dubon. I'm just kind of out on what he does in his free time, but you know, agree to disagree. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. You just you don't know it. Those little boats. Oh, that's the California one. Yeah, great ride. Great oh, ride. Good for you, man. Yeah, good for Mauricio Dubon too. <laughs> Indiana but, Jones, great ride. That that's the difference between us who are sitting here in our apartments <laughs> recording a podcast at eleven forty four p.m. and Hall of Fame manager Dusty Baker. He knows when it's Mauricio Dubon's time to play. You think he knows more than us? Probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, think I think he knows yeah. something about Martin Maldonado that, frankly, we don't. Yeah, he's been managing double the time. I think we've been alive. Last two things are the two catches. Leori Tavares catch of the postseason. That was gross. And in every sense, a home run robbery. On a sprint going into the padded wall, you heard the thud on the effects feed. That was amazing. And I guess the only way to stop Jordan Alvarez is by scaling a wall and pulling homers back. Yeah, you got to rob a home run, I guess, against him these days. Um yeah. That AB against Martin Perez. Martin Perez was so fucked. I mean, like it was what it was one fifteen down the line after a hundred and seventeen foul ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean that foul ball. I think was one of the hardest hit foul balls in the history of Major League Baseball. I, mean, I think I think Joe Davis and John Smoltz. Their call was just oh, like Jesus. Like, Whoa. <laughs> You'll, oh, you almost heard, heard Joe Davis curse for the first time on on the broadcast. <laughs> he was almost like fuck. She's almost let out a little groan. I mean, I did mm. the same thing sitting here. 
he's just, I mean, he, like I keep going back and forth him or Harper. I don't know. They're both going to get Give me a hit in the biggest moment. I don't you go with Jordan. Yes. Yeah. But shit at the bank. I'm going to go with Harper anywhere else. Give me Jordan. Give me Alvarez. Um, Bryce Harper at the bank. Like, yeah, biggest player of all time. I hear you. Uh, the last one is Michael Brantley. And I know it wasn't like the level of catch that Tavares's was, but given the situation and given the guy that made the catch situationally, that was awesome. Dead sprint finishing with a dive. Like, the fountain of youth call right after I thought was perfect. Cause that guy, like he doesn't have that left in his legs. He somehow found an extra gear to go make sure the inning ended. And I thought that was a level of buy-in that very few can reach. And Brantley with as decorated a career as he has had to still make that catch was very impressive. Big time players make big time plays. Yeah. At the same time though. Didn't need to dive. <laughs> Sure, but he finished with the dive. So clutch. Clutch. So, such a clutch play. And again, big players make big plays. Michael Brantley is a big-time player, right? There's a reason he moved up to second in the lineup. Dusty trusts him, and why wouldn't he? Good at bat every single time he's at the plate. I don't think they should move him from that spot. Now, Kyle Tucker was really good to see him rope a double in his last Mm -hmm. AB. This is a guy who's been struggling and struggling, moved him down to sixth in the order, took a little bit of pressure off him. All we need you to do is get a good AB, you know, lead off that bottom kind of of the order. You're still Kyle Tucker. That one you could tell felt good. I bet he has a great day tomorrow. Yeah, I can see it. We'll talk tomorrow in a moment. I saw a stat flash up on the uh, Fox telecast. Jordan Alvarez is the first guy with 10 RBIs and 10 runs scored in his first seven games of a postseason. That feels very niche, but like that just kind of embodies amazing start to a postseason. 10 ribbies, 10 runs scored in his first seven games of a postseason. And he got robbed of a home run. And he got robbed of a homer, but he still followed with a two-run single after yeah. that. First guy to do that since Carlos Beltran and Hideki Matsui did it same year in 2004. Godzilla. Yeah, but like it's been nearly 20 years since yeah. we've seen a, a start to the postseason like this. He's just different. He's Built different. different. Purple devil emoji. Jumping to today. We've got both games. You've got Ranger Suarez and Brandon Fott in the first game. That is a 507 Eastern first pitch today in Arizona, which means that it is a 207 first pitch in Phoenix. And then at eight o'clock, you've got Houston and Texas going again. You said likely Dunning and Urquidy. Yeah, probably. I think they prefer it'll probably be some piggyback situation between Dunning and Heaney. But I would assume they'd start with but they Dunning. St- they started Heaney in the DS. They did start Heaney in the DS. How do you do? Did okay. Fine. Yeah. I think he, he threw like well. I'm blanking on like the box, but I think he threw well. Uh, yeah, they might I mean, go Heaney, but it's probably going to be a combination regardless. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to start Heaney, then Dunning, or Dunning, then Heaney, but that's what I think the Rangers are going to do. And I know that going into game two is kind of floated that France could be the game four guy, but he shouldn't be. Or Keaty threw really well against Minnesota. 
Bro, Orkidi is great in the playoffs. Like, yeah, Orkidi like shoved against with the Twins. You got to go with Orkidi. So let's stick on this series with a quick preview, and then we'll preview the NLCS, and then we'll say goodnight to each other. Um, Urquidy and Dunning, if that is the matchup, or Urquidy Heaney. Here's where my apology comes in. Like, I've done something. I've gotten into a pattern that I didn't realize I was getting into until I did some reflection. Okay. And I just don't think I've thought that the Rangers are going to win a game in the postseason. I keep on thinking that the tide's going to turn at some point. Like, did after you a game. Rangers over the Orioles? Did, I sure think did. I did, but like on a game by game basis, I was uh-huh. like, here's where Grayson like throws really well and bounces mm-hmm. back. It was like Orioles have their back against the wall. And then Houston, I'm just like, oh, Fromber is going to outduel Ivaldi. Like, Verlander's Verlander going up against what a postseason debut. And then it's, you know, like, oh, give me Javier. I feel good about the Javier pick. Don't get me wrong. But I I feel bad because I, I keep on doubting the Rangers' ability to hold off bounce backs from their opponents and just be really good consistently. So I'm sorry. And I feel like the Rangers are probably the most slept on team remaining The Diamondbacks are being slept on, but for good reason. The Phillies are just a juggernaut right now. But the Rangers are arguably better than the Houston Astros. And they've taken two of the first three games. So they are statistically better than the Houston Astros right now in this series. But everybody continues to pick the Houston Astros on a game-by-game basis. So for that reason alone... Well, don't say everybody while you're apologizing. What? Don't say everybody while you're apologizing. Sorry, most people. (laughs) Including me. Including me. So on behalf of me... I apologize, and that's why I'm picking the Rangers to win game four, because I feel like I haven't done it enough, and the offense is deserving of me picking them to win a game. I'm going to go with the Astros in game four. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. No, I just, it's Dunning-Heaney versus Urquidy. Like, Urquidy has just shown more in the postseason than those two guys have, and it's so funny. I would lean the Rangers to win the series. I kind of think, Jack, the road team is going to win every game. So that means the Rangers win four. Yeah. No, I I, I picked Astros in seven because I got bullied into it. I uh, I can't do it. God, I can't. What am I doing? I I'm I'm I don't know what to do. It's so hard. It's so hard. I don't know what to do. I because we love to do both. is say, oh, the Astros are gonna Astro. This feels like the World Series. I mean, I, I love the Phillies, and the Phillies can compete with both of these teams. Like, these are the three best teams left. I think the Phillies are going to beat either of these teams. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because there have been a couple of teams who go in the bank who didn't seem like they had the nuts. Respectfully, Braves. I think Braves fans, we saw what happened. Yeah. I don't think they had the nuts. Strider versus Ranger, and you lose 3-1? to one? Like, I mean, that's, that's a little bit embarrassing, Braves. I think, and we saw it in last year's World Series. The Astros, they don't give a fuck. The Rangers, they're not going to give a shit. And you got to have that mentality going into the bank. I think both of these two teams can beat Philly. Now, let's get there. Let's see the rest of these series unfold before we officially make a pick. But I'm not crowning the Phillies yet. No way. These two teams are way too good. I mean, we saw what the Astros do with their backs against the wall. Like, Altuve said it himself, this is a must win. And they put up eight. Like, I can't doubt any of the three teams. Diamondbacks, I'm sorry. We'll see. We'll talk about your game in a minute. I think you have a great shot in game three. But in, 
I, I don't know who to pick. I'm just going to shut the hell up. So the only loss that the Texas Rangers have suffered this postseason has come to one of the two best postseason pitchers that we've got right now. Yeah, that's that's kind of unless the Astros put like the Rangers are going to score tomorrow. The Astros just have to score more. And I do have more faith. They score more off Heaney and Dunning because see, if I get into a Pac-12 after dark offensive shootout in a baseball game, I'm taking the Texas Rangers 10 times out of 10. I get what you're saying, but. If the Astros are feeling it, they can hit any of the Rangers bullpen guys. The Rangers, even if they're hot, you still got Naris, you still got a Bray, and you still got Presley. So my thing is, I don't think Urquidy survives to Naris in the seventh. Fair, and I think that the tandem I don't think so of, either, <laughs> right? And I think that the tandem of Heaney and Dunning can get their way to the seventh for Spores, Chapman, and Leclerc. That's fair. I just think the Astros, the reason why I think these bats are going to continue to show up, one, they've continued to prove it in Arlington. This team destroyed the Rangers in Arlington. And getting Altuve back hot, he's going to have a big day tomorrow. I think Kyle Tucker is going to have a big day tomorrow. How are you going to slow down Jordan? Michael Brantley's heating up. We saw Bregman hit a couple of balls into the air that almost went out too. Oh, look at a Jose Abreu. If Mauricio Dubon is hitting... Shit. And all you need is just a base knock from Maldonado, right? Because he's going to keep coming up with the bases loaded for some reason. Yeah. But Jeremy Pena, come on. What are we doing here? You're the postseason guy. He's been so electric on defense. We got to get the back going. That's the only guy who's slowed down. Now, the Rangers, they don't really have anyone who slowed down except the guy at the top, Marcus Semyon. Still not clicking all the way. Also, Seeger. Seeger hasn't been good in the ALCS. True. So, also, a quick, quick observation. Seeger looks like he's swinging an illegal bat. I don't know how that bat is legal. It's got this weird, like, stained barrel ring right on the middle of the barrel. And it feels like the, the pine tar, the aged pine tar, reaches like mid barrel. It, it's a bizarre look. I feel like it's cut from a different wood than what is standard in Major League Baseball. And I think it should be illegal. I don't know why. Yeah, if he was playing um, back in the 70s with George Brett, he probably would have ran into a similar issue. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But like, there's something about his bat that makes me think it's illegal. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It, it, it's it's the incredible amount of pine tar, which seems like it's going <laughs> halfway up the barrel. But I'm going to go with the Astros in game four. I think they even the series. I just think this series is going seven. And I'm not picking a winner. I'm just not going to do it. I go Rangers because I feel bad. NLCS game three is back in Arizona. The Phillies will see if this vibe travels. I think it does. I think it has no problem traveling. Ranger Suarez and Brandon Fott. I want to hear your Arizona pitch because I think you feel somewhat good about Arizona's chances in this one. But what I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) you're still trying to decide what I will say. Try to find an argument that makes sense for them to win tomorrow. Yeah. And I think I can spin a narrative. It's not going to be good, but I think it's going to make relative sense. Whatever narrative you spin, I will say this. He has 23 and a third career postseason innings under his belt, and Ranger Suarez has a 116 ERA. That's three earned runs in 23 and a third. It's not great for the narrative. 
No, it's <laughs> terrible for the narrative, quite frankly. What I will and, say is, <laughs> and they have six bullpen guys that they're willing to turn to, and we decided that they're deep as shit. So go okay, ahead with your narrative, though. Here's, I'm excited. Here's how. Here's how the Diamondbacks win tomorrow. <laughs> here's how they win tomorrow. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Brandon fought. He's going to give up some hard contact, right? We're going to see some balls hit in the air. It's a big. You're stadium. off to a terrible start. Let hey, hey, just hey! Just that. let me let me okay. get through this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry is going to give up some hard hit balls, maybe a home run or two, right? But Chase Field, it's a big field. They got some fast outfielders. Maybe a couple of warning track flyouts. Kyle Schwarber, some of the home runs he were hitting were line drives. And at Citizens Bank, maybe some some of those are caught, maybe, sometimes. So what I am saying is, Dimebacks got a lot of righties, right? And Ranger? Yeah, he's amazing. Sure. <laughs> but... There's a lot of Dimebacks in the lineup that have really good splits. And they've also seen him over 86 plate appearances, 270 opponent batting average. So what I am saying is I wouldn't be surprised if Ranger struggles a little bit. Will he struggle? Probably not. Would I be surprised if he struggled? No. I love Cattell Marte's matchup. I think he hits a home run tomorrow. Christian Walker has some good stats against him. I think Evan Longoria... Could have a good game. I think Tommy Pham finally facing a lefty. The Diamondbacks offense at home goes up 50 points in OPS. Brandon fought at home. Maybe feels a little bit more comfortable behind his home crowd. Did throw four shutout innings against the Dodgers. Four shutout innings. Like, I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, this is a, yeah. And if they can get to the bullpen and keep it close, I wouldn't be surprised. Now. Am I picking the Diamondbacks? No, I'm not. But I see a path to victory. I just, I just have, I have too much respect for the Diamondbacks to just get swept. Maybe they beat Taiwan Walker in Game Four, but like, yeah, they probably don't win Game Three. But I think they're going to put up a fight. That's my take. I think it's a one-run game. They might win. They might win. You know what? I'm picking them to win Game Three. No, you're not. Anything can happen in baseball. I'm picking them. Uh, I I had Phillies in five. I don't think this series makes it out of the desert. Are you with yeah. me there? They play the next three in Arizona. Yeah, probably not. But I, I don't Wheeler's going to go game five. It's over unless they win two games, which it's going to be tough. They ain't winning game five. So actually, like Gallon and Kelly at home are are way better. And maybe the Phillies are going to win the series. And Phillies fans, you know I'm a Red October guy. Is it going to line up for Gallon tomorrow? Is it going to line up for Gallon on Friday? I mean, it might be. It's probably a day short of rest. But, I mean, if they lose if they lose game three, Gallon's going game it's four. A, it's officially Urquidy and Heaney, by the way. Urquidy and Heaney. Okay. Hmm. I I think they'll I think they already have a plan for Gallon. It's just not public yet. I can almost guarantee Gallon's going tomorrow, Friday, game game four. No, oh, yeah. I mean they have to. They, they literally have to. have to go Gallon and then Kelly if they have want to. a shot. But then fought in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's gonna get destroyed. <laughs> He's just I, I love kid. Brandon Fox. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. 
a home run issue with the bank with those fans. I'm just a boy. <laughs> oh my god. Kyle Schwarber over oh under 119 and a half on the oh first batted ball. Oh no. All but right. I I think I, I go think. Phillies because Rangers awesome and that bullpen's great and they're going to hit more homers. D-backs game 3. Okay, vibes. Vibes. <laughs> cool. Why not? Plug our merch. Plug our merch. Let's go to bed, man. Go get some merch in our merch store. It's in the episode description. It's all brought to you by BetMGM. Use that promo code for all those bonus bets. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed. And if you liked it on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Why not? What are you doing? It's a big red button. It's not like we're charging you nothing. Hit the like button. Comment anything we said egregious. I think everything I said was wonderful. Jack, too. That's Jack. I'm Peter. We'll be back tomorrow, of course. With that, thank you, everybody.